Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about a Chiefs win. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I know, finally. Well, finally again. Uh, and a, a very satisfying win because we played the Cincinnati Bengals. And even though Joe Burrow wasn't there, uh, we had a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, not shady characters, but we had some, we had some villains on the other team and we, uh, and, and we had a good time defeating the Cincinnati Bengals. But before we talk about that defeat, Reese, happy new year. Found <laughs> City Sports Media, happy new year to all you out there. Reese, what'd you do on, on the, on the New Year's Eve? So New Year's Eve my in-laws came over and we watched the Chiefs game, which was actually a really good time because it was a really good Chiefs game for the first time, like all season. Well, not all season, but what feels like all season. And, and, and remind me, remind me on Christmas, you saw the game at their house, right? Yes. The, the Las Vegas massacre. Yeah. That was just straight <laughs> terrible. Uh, so actually I think now from now on, your in-laws have to watch every Chiefs game from now on at your place in the basement. Whoops, in the boys' dome. Dude, in the boys' dome, yes. I, I, I'm going to make that the uh, the official name of the basement, dude. I'm, I I like my basement. Uh, then we also, later that evening, uh, after they left, Noel and I had a really good... It was like a Chilean champagne. Well, okay, it can't be champagne because it's not for champagne. But it was like, if you did the champagne style in the country of Chile, it was that wine, and it was fantastic. And we also watched Ooh. Back to the Future 2. Uh, speaking of Ooh. which, have you ever seen the Back to the Future films? I've seen the first one, I think. So here's the thing. It's one of those films that like you could probably play roulette anytime and be like, hey, I bet you five bucks if I flip through one of the 150 channels on like YouTube TV, one of them is showing one of the Back to the Future films. Like That's the way it is. Right. And it's, you know, it's a 30 plus year old film. It's been memed to death. I've seen all the big scenes from one. I've seen most of the big scenes from two. I haven't seen like any of three, but I know there's a train. But after like actually sitting down and watching now the first two Back to the Future films, they hold up really good. I am pleasantly surprised. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I th they came out too early. Like I was very small; I was just a child when they came out, so it wasn't something that I could have grasped anyway. And then once you get older, then things that are old are not fun to watch, and that was one of those for me. So I just like really didn't get into it. But maybe I should. Maybe we should do a, a rewatchables for it. I think it's worth it. I mean, there's a car in the film, but you know, I'm gonna drop a take that's not gonna be very popular with some of our listeners. But you know, it. we here at Fountain City Sports Media here to speak the truth. Uh, just kind of like you said, when you get older, like some of those old films aren't worth watching. I think 80s cinema is grossly overrated. To be honest, wow. like a lot of the films in the 80s that people are like, oh, they're classics, dude. They're not funny and they're boring. I'm I like, actually thought that 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 you would say the opposite because you're so hipster in your takes and you love, you know, the like the the anti-film. And I feel like that's a common thing. I feel like people don't really like 80s films. No, I, th I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, it's like a bunch of like young boomers and Gen Xers acting like it's the greatest, you know, the 80s were the greatest decade of all time. And I am not saying the 90s were great cinema. I'm not saying that. But I can say that a lot of those old films like Caddyshack Ghostbusters, uh, the National Lampoon Summer Vacation, 
Gremlins, Goonies. I'm just like spitting all these titles off. Dude, they're so boring. <laughs> they are, and they're poorly shot. I don't know. I like I like block I like uh, Blockbuster. I like Ghostbusters. <laughs> Dude, Ghostbusters. Right here. Here's the Ghostbusters Bechtel test. Okay. So would you consider Ghostbusters a comedy? Yes. What part of Ghostbusters made you laugh? Uh, I don't know. Rick Moran's doing stupid things. No, 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 no. See, th so that doesn't that counts as there was not a single moment in Ghostbusters that made you laugh because you well, can't I, name I mean, it. I, no, I mean I'm sure I laughed. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't gaslight yourself here. Okay, but Reese, like you just went zero to hundred. Name name a scene that made you laugh, and I like I I can't think of a scene from Hangover that makes me laugh, but I know that was funny. Dude, the, the scene where he's playing on the piano, what do little tigers dream of when they make a little tiger snooze? At least I can, like, mention that moment, right? Or, like, Mike Tyson punching out, who was it? Not Ed Helms, uh, punching the dude out, you know? One Man Wolf Pack. Yeah, I can name several scenes or lines from that film that made me laugh. Can you hear me? You sound distant, but I can hear you. I just tried three headphones and they all died. <laughs> Fountain City Sports Media brought to you by Raycon. Raycon, it's promo code Raycon. Armando's pulling out his uh his classic uh wired ear pods right now. We have to go analog here. Uh this is probably a good time to give you a social media shout out. Uh check us out on Instagram at Fountain City SM for some of the crispiest memes that we will get back to uh presenting to you. But that's Instagram at Fountain City SM for updates on the podcast, memes, and Chiefs news. Looks like Armando's back. Uh, Armando, I just finished giving a social media shout out, so we can, we can cross that off the list. For, for my audience at home, I had these wire, I had these wireless uh, or Bluetooth headphones, and they ran out of battery, or like one ran out of battery. Put in the other ear, but that ran out of battery. Found another case with Bluetooth headphones. Put that in, ran out of battery. So now I have my almost out of battery phone that I have had to plug in my. My headphones in, so this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun pod, Reese. This is gonna be Dude, a really fun pod. It's gonna be great. It's just like a microcosm of the chief season, you know. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, I just don't have good enough headphones right now. Just like wide receivers. Hey, there you go. Short on wide receivers, short on headphones. So well, hey, we're, we're not gonna talk about our uh, '80s film knock anymore because we're already about eight minutes into this podcast. So we are actually a one quick second. Oh wait, we got more to talk about. I got Rolling Stones top '80s movies of all time. Oh gosh, the first the first two I've never heard of in my entire life. Exactly. The first one, "Do the Right Thing." Who stars in that? As I say, uh, director it's Spike Lee. No, I couldn't tell you. Okay, number two, Videodrome. I've heard of Videodrome. I don't know anything about it. Exactly. Actually, hey, number... Well, number three is Raging Bull. Okay, Raging Bull's good. Raging Bull's good. Yeah. Debated, debatably boring, though. Yeah, debatably boring. Yep. But that's Scorsese. Number four, Blue Velvet. What? Blue Velvet State? Number five, Ran. What? Number six, Showa. You're just like making phonemes now, I swear. This is this is rollingstone.com 100 greatest movies of the 1980s. Oh jeez. And then number 7 Blade Runner. 
Okay, Blade Runner's Blade Runner's solid, but when was Blade Runner? When did that come out? Blade Runner's eighty two. Okay, so A, that's early eighties. B, that's not even an original film; it's source <laughs> material. Blade Runner's a book series, so I'm not giving him credit for Blade Runner. That's so like it was Raging Bull. Well, okay, but if I'm doing that, I gotta get I gotta give him credit for Lord of the Rings. But Lord of the Rings was like better than well, no, people wouldn't say it's better than the source material, but like adapting that source material into like a trilogy that good is that's way epic, different than yeah. doing yeah Blade Runner, you know. <laughs> converting that into a yeah, I don't think anyone's comparing Blade Runner and Lord of the Rings in the same in the same realm nah nah not even not no middle earth lower earth upper earth anywhere so well sorry I missed all that Reese um but, uh, but I'll, I'll come in with some fire so ladies and gentlemen this whole season we actually haven't kept you updated on the fountain fantasy um league which has 12 of us uh, most of them are are either patreon subscribers or those in our chat or people that have been following us since day one uh, if you're interested in joining let us know uh, we're we're happy to have some applicants join the fountain city uh, fantasy for next year so um so give us give us a little dm if you've been following us but the season is over so we have to announce a winner and the winner for this year's fountain fantasy is um, someone on our team, um, one of our analytics guys. That's right, Grundler's numbers. Will Grundler um, runs away with the championship. I mm. myself was in the championship as well. I was holding on for dear life for the entire playoffs because I had six starters that were out. Um, but Grundler wins it, one sixty four to eighty two. Dude, that's I mean, impressive. Even even if I scored like 120 points, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, um, Will ends the season 10 and four. I I forget what he averaged. I think he averaged 124 points or something something pretty ridiculous. So yeah, hats off to our guy Will Grundler. Um, I'm trying to open up his team and it's not letting me do it. Yeah, right. It's like you know this open- was a pretty ridiculous was a ridiculous team you know this is gonna open up something else that that grinds my gears which is Uh the sleeper app because i get that this is like probably the most in-depth customizable fantasy football app and it's like didn't didn't you want to go on sleeper i wasn't the one who said do sleeper i said i had no sleeper but like i've always been happy with espn for it there was one person is probably sam i don't think it was me because i think like the only thing, the reason I knew Sleeper was like I filled in for someone's team for like the last three weeks of a season last year, so I had to download the app. But like the problem with Sleeper for me is that it almost is too colorful and tries to do too much. Like even when you're looking at your team, you know, it's cute that when it's like, okay, two with Tiger Vailoa this week versus Buff, it's cool that Buffalo's in Buffalo Red. But the problem is for anyone that's grown up playing like fantasy football to any degree, red means bad. So like when you're looking for injuries, you're scanning up and down. You're like, okay, red out. Okay, good. I'm taking them out. But you're like, what's this? Oh, red is also QB and Buffalo and injury. Okay, what? <laughs> so the number of times yeah. like I missed ESPN's someone. definitely more user friendly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But again, it's like I like the character of Sleeper, but they really need to refine this user interface, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we we did it, but now we're stuck with it because we're doing a dynasty league. So I mean, this is like forever, forever sleeper, unfortunately. But let's go back to Grundler's team. So Grundler during the draft, he picks up McCaffrey. Um, he probably gets Devonte Adams in the second round, Lamar Jackson in the third, possibly. 
Let's see who else he picked. Um, no one else of note. And then he comes in and he's bold on the waiver wire and also does a trade for one Apuka Nakua, uh. who at the time we didn't know was going to be a superstar. Yep. And then also gets Kyron Williams off waivers as well, who is, I forget, he ends up at least as, as running back five. Oh, so yeah. he's got he's got the best he's got two top five running backs, the best quarterback in Lamar, one of the best wide receivers in Puka, and then of course Devontae Adams has has an awful season, but then the one game that I need him to suck, he has thirty one fantasy points. As fantasy will do. So yep. hats off to Will Grundler. And he also got Zay Williams at the end of his draft and his team is sta- Zay Flowers winding up doing Zay Flowers things as a rookie. It's yep. like th- this is the team that like fa- that fantasy football winners are made of, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, in fact, uh, Christian McCaffrey. No, no, no. Was it Christian? Yeah. Christian McCaffrey was on 60 percent of of all um, championship teams. Yeah, but heaven forbid he get MVP this year. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. CJ Stroud. I, I want to brag a bit here. Uh, your boy Armando and Reese took second and third place respectively in this league. So uh, I'm not saying we run this town, but we at least have a seat on the city council. And it's definitely better than when the first time that we we made this league, we were like, we can beat anybody in this oh. league. And <laughs> I think our, our team name was like CEH's Angels or something yes. <laughs> stupid. And then we, we drafted CEH and it was, oh. it was a, that, that was a disaster team. Yeah, that wasn't great. That's pretty bad. But Reese and I are back. Reese and I had great teams. Great yep. waiver wire pickups and looking forward to next year. But yep, that was our league. The league is done. Congrats, Will Grundler. And congrats the Kansas City Chiefs for winning on New Year's Eve, Reese. 25 to 17 against Jake Browning. Um if you before this game, if I would have said 25 points, Reese, you think that means a couple touchdowns for Pat? I, I would have guessed so. Yeah, it was it was an interesting 25 yeah, try, points. Yeah, try six field goals by Harrison oh, Bucker. Shout out to the GOAT, Harrison Butker, baby. Yep. Strong leg league. Let's go. Field goal, more points than all of Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Reese, what stood out to you? What's going on with this game? What, what can we take from this game that's either positive or negative going into the playoffs? Since this is basically, that was basically the last game of the season, as we can talk about next week, but there's no Pat and we're not going to see a lot of stars. Okay, so here's the question I'm going to ask you is that do you think this was our most complete and or impressive win of the year so far? No. Okay. The reason <laughs> the reason I say that is I think it's pretty close in my opinion just because we scored 25 points. Now, here's what 25 points would mean across this season. We beat Detroit scoring 25 points. We beat the Denver Broncos the second time, scoring 25 points. We beat the Philadelphia Eagles, scoring 25 points. The only team we don't beat, scoring 25 points, is the Green Bay Packers. But even then, if we scored 25, we would have just had to get into field goal range on that last drive instead of trying to like force a touchdown with all that stuff and MVS getting like manslaughtered out there. So, we'd also beat the Bills with 25 points, just saying. What I'm getting at is, I thought offensively, we looked fairly impressive. That was the best game of Isaiah Pacheco's career, hands down. Yep, shout out. Minus the strip sack early in the game, which wasn't Pat's fault. Like, Wanye got 
blasted off the snap, which let that dude in so fast. Yeah. So outside of that turnover, the team didn't have any of those stupid red zone turnovers, which although our red zone offense is still subpar, allowed Harrison Butker to get those six field goals. In the past, you throw out one or two of those drives with a drop or a turnover, this game is easily 19 to 17, and we're biting our nails down to the nubbins with Jake Browning on that final drive. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think this was our most complete game just because we couldn't get done in the red zone. I, and the way that we got it done in the red zone was like a secret play to Isaiah Pacheco, right? Was putting Isaiah Pacheco in the slot and then them not knowing that, you know, he was going to cut in left when it looked like he was going right. Um we shouldn't have to rely on those plays, Reese. I know we see those types of plays a lot, a lot of trickery, but that that doesn't mean that our offense is peaked or this is the best, you know, offensive showing of the year. Like we should be seeing this from other guys like MVS, Richie James, even Noah Gray being a decoy, um, Justin Watson, even Rasheed Rice. Right? We should be seeing those guys in the red zone and not have to rely on a trick play, you know, with Isaiah Pacheco in there. So I'm not going to say this is this is our most complete game. I actually did like our offensive. I mean, our offensive against the Eagles. I thought looked, you know, pretty impressive against a pretty, you know, supposed to be a, a contending team. Um, again, that that's that that's my qualm. Like. I don't want Isaiah Pacheco's great game. I don't want Rasheed Rice's great game to mask all the other deficiencies on this offense. Travis Kelsey, 16 yards, Reese. Three th- three receptions, four targets. Man. That's not good. That That's not good. Um, Rasheed Rice, great. Six targets, excellent. Isaiah Pacheco, seven targets. That was very interesting. We're finally getting Isaiah Pacheco into the offense. But again, that's because of the deficiencies and not necessarily because Andy's like, here we go. Here's our secret weapon. It's just like we don't have anyone left. No Sky Moore, no Tony, not seeing MVS in the offense. Good. Um, not seeing I it is good, right? It is good, <laughs> but but again, to my point, like I don't think this is an impressive offense. I think we're just we're just trying to like hold on. Um, so again, Travis Kelsey only having four targets. I don't like that. And then this was supposed to be the Richie James game, getting him more involved in the offense. One target. That's fair. I would say the thing that filled me with a little bit of optimism in this game compared to past games is we know what this offense is at this point. But generally, this is an offense that scores a lot up front. And then turns off for the better part of two and a half quarters in the second half. And that's where we're losing some of these games. In reality, it was kind of the reverse. Whereas the defense held all game. But the offense were the ones that scored the final 18 points of the game. Over the span of the remainder of the game. We were down 17-7. to So I think us finishing strong in this game. As opposed to getting up like 22-7. to And letting them creep back in that close made me feel a little optimistic and also felt like you had mentioned we were passing to Pacheco more. We were feeding Richie James. It felt like we had an offensive identity for the first time in, oh my goodness, weeks. So yeah. yeah. uh, So positives. You're right. Rasheed Rice, great game. Six targets, five receptions, 127 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, seven for seven, uh, but only 35 yards. So those were some dump offs that maybe didn't work out. 
Um, so, but, but two positives, right? We got two guys that we know Pat can rely on. We know are going to catch the ball and more importantly, are not going to turn over the ball. But again, is a seven target is a seven target Isaiah Pacheco and Rasheed Rice going to win us a Super Bowl, Reese? And I don't think so. The, the one nugget that we need is how are we going to get Travis Kelsey open? And if we're not going to get him open, can we have that third guy then pop in there? Can we have that Justin Watson score a touchdown? Can we have the Richie James score a touchdown? And we didn't see that. I, I think we need three players, Reese, to be popping off in order for us to win the Super Bowl. And if that's not Travis Kelsey, that's okay. Just as long as we have a counter to that triple team of Kelsey. I mean, poor Kelsey, man. He's just like... Like, it's really not his fault. I know people are bringing up his age, and I know it's like, well, this is it for Kelsey. Like, if you go back and watch that film... And, you know, even if like who's who's that who's that guy on the Falcons? Kyle Pitts. Like even if Kyle Pitts was like the focal point of the offense, he also would have a bad season because you know he's being triple teamed. Yeah, the the Kelsey thing is interesting. I'm hoping that now that I feel Rishi Rice has had a definitive breakout game that people can't ignore at this point. He's been building, 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 and kind of blew the top off this last game. I'm hoping that finally teams will be like, okay, we have to put some attention on this Rashi Rice guy. And that in turn might open Travis Kelsey up a little bit more. The frustrating thing is, I think we've seen this in the past before where you have one good wide receiver in Tyree Kill, one good tight end in Travis Kelsey, and a whole lot of nothing in between. And the answer becomes bracket him, bracket him, let anybody else beat you. How different would this offense look if we had one more, even just like reliable 657. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking I'm about this. I'm just giving this. you crap. No, you, you're totally right. And do you? here's why I think Demarcus Robinson is currently working with the Rams. The Rams have what I'm talking about, which is like a definitive tiered system of their wide receivers. If you're yeah. looking at this biblically, it's like top of the hierarchy. You got Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, who, who's second under Cooper this Cup? Abraham. Yeah, Abraham, right? So you got, you got Cooper Cup at the top of this hierarchy. Then Puka, too. And then Puka, too. And below him, you have Tutu Atwell. And then below yeah, him, yeah. you have Demarcus Robinson. Yep. You're not asking Demarcus Robinson and or Tutu Atwell to be something they're not. So everyone has their role and can do their thing in that hierarchy not to mention a great running back and Matt Stafford. I, say, I think I, I think uh, Kyrie or not Kyrie, whatever Kyron. Sorry, yeah. Kyron Williams is a, is a is a catching running back, so that also factors in. So 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 Demarcus is really the fifth option. And when was Demarcus Robinson's best season with the Chiefs? It was the season where Tyreek Hill went off. Travis Kelsey was still doing his thing. Sammy Watkins was more available, and I think he put up 750, 800 yards. And that yeah. let Demarcus Robinson just exist as a wide receiver for who we called upon when needed. And also he hadn't developed his step back yet. <laughs> You're saying it like it's a positive, like he's Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I think Reese, I, I think both of you and I agree as we, as we are discussing this, we need a, we need a third guy, right? We, we need someone that has a definitive role. That's not going to be, you know, the guy. We have the guy. We have Rasheed Rice. It's it's such a it's such an ironic season, Reese, because at the time that we have, you know, you've stated and you've proven that this is the worst um running back core that the Kansas City Chiefs have ever had. 
this is probably the best rookie wide receiver that Patrick Mahomes has had at the same time that mm-hmm. we have a terrible wide receiving group. So it's it's really funny that we have this this juxtaposition because we really do have one of the great rookie wide receivers, not only of this year, but of all time. Like I've, I've seen some stats. I forget what I think Rashi is almost at a thousand yards. He might be at nine. He's at about 900 yards. And the last time that, that that's happened where someone's had over a thousand yards as a rookie. I mean, given Puka, I know Puka is a, is a unicorn in this situation, Mm -hmm. but, but we're, we're talking Megatron. We're talking, um, uh, oh, 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 Odell Beckham Jr. when he was good, like like we're talking some elite players. So we do have a great player, but again, we just don't have that third guy, Reese, or even that two. It's very true. It's very true. And not to mention one more thing. I'm not saying Puka is not better and Puka's not having the better year, but Puka started from week one. He was thrust into mm-hmm. that spotlight, needing a bunch of snaps when Cooper Cup was out. Rasheed Rice wasn't seeing over 20 percent of the snaps until like oh, what was it like week? nine or only ten a few maybe weeks ago yeah only yeah. maybe three or four weeks ago we go back to the podcast we that was one of my gripes i said look give Rasheed rice 10 targets yep. he's ready he's the guy everyone keeps fumbling right i was i was the biggest Kadarius tony supporter going into the year and i quickly dropped it once i saw this film on Rasheed rice i'm like he's the guy tony's not producing it's almost the playoffs here we go and one of the encouraging things to take out of this game as well was that it feels like they're getting more and more comfortable giving Rashi Rice vertical assignments as opposed to just dumping it off to him in the flats on glorified screenplays. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. We're starting to see, you know, what used to be MVS's role, what used to be maybe Justin Watson's role. And now we're seeing this this uh, Swiss army knife type of role for Rasheed Rice, which is great. It's what we need right now. And and I, I will agree with you that that the off, the offense is trending up. I'm just not going to say this was our best performance just because I've, I've seen I've seen better offensive performances this year. I'm not going to say this one touchdown performance by Pat was was the best. OK, that's fair. Now, before we forget, I'm glad you mentioned MVS because I think we need to give him a shame segment. Because everyone forgot because everyone forgot about him. (laughs) Yeah, everyone forgot about Dre here. No, we're not letting him off the hook. What was he thinking? Twice. Twice. Three times. He had the I only remember twice. He he had the two deep shots that like went right through his hands. And he had the one where Pat threw that dump off to him on third down. Remember? And it like Pat had to kind of like put it in there like right about his shoulder. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And then after the play, he has he has the audacity. Oh, yeah. that he turns. That's right. That was the play. He has the unmitigated gall to show Pat where that pass should have been with his hands. Friend of the podcast, Andrew Kelly, was at the game and he said the crowd booed so hard when they saw him doing that. And dude, I have zero pity for MBS at this point. I'm dead serious. Zero pity. He's brought this on himself. He's a track athlete who happens to be playing professional football. Dude, what what more do you need? All three of those were right on the button. Yeah, that was he he had the 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 go ahead touchdown. If he would have scored that, Pat would have had 3 300 yards for the game with two touchdowns. It goes right through his hands. And I think what's so sad is that is that Pat is still trying to put him in the offense and MVS has given him nothing to believe that he can be in this offense. Yet every week, I don't know who it is, maybe it's Andy who's making Pat do it, but at some point they have to pull the plug. Like again, we can't fool around in the playoffs to say 
say, hey, buddy, like, it's okay. You can do this. Reese, imagine if you week after week, you are fumbling that your your job there. They're at they're at CBiz Financial. Every single week, you just keep missing deadlines, but your boss is like, you know what? It's okay. The CEO of CBiz comes to your offense and says, or offense, comes to your office and says, Risa, I want you to give a presentation. And and like in front of the whole, you know, corporation and your boss goes, yeah, Reese, you know, you've been screwing up week after week. But you know what? Out of all the people in this building, you're going to give the speech. And that is what's going on in the chief's office. I mean, if anyone compares, you know, their office life, you screw up twice, you're fired, right? You 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 miss a couple deadlines. Goodbye. I'm going on Indeed. and I'm going to find another candidate. Why can't we do the same, Reese? Why can't we do the same? I just, what's weird is that his snap count was trending up this week. So I don't I know. know. If, I don't know if this is like a false flag or trying to convince teams that he's going to be a big part of the offense. So then like in the no playoffs. No one's going to buy that. No one's buying that. It's like the most Three useful. targets, one reception for three yards. Oh my gosh. Three to wait. Only three targets? Yeah. That, so I think he just fumbled twice. I swear he had two deep ones go through his hands. So he had the deep shot and then the one where he told Pat. Uh, regardless, guys, it's it's so bad. It's all starting to blend together. The only problem is... Reese, it's like, what, if, what if this is a big conspiracy and Andy's telling him to drop all these balls? So then in the playoffs, he just he just goes like straight up to Sean Jackson. Oh, dude, I... I don't know why we're not trying somebody else getting his reps. Maybe the problem is like we don't have anyone else yeah, who's speedy that can stretch the field. One. Right, the, the only one-on-one guy that we've had thus far this year is CEH. Oh, my gosh. I mean, even like Justin Ross, I want to see what he can do because he's a tall, you know, yeah. lanky guy. But yeah, even I know he's, he's not do, fast. Do, do you think it's, it's too late for him, right? There's no way that we can incorporate him in the offense unless they've been putting him in a lab and it's been this secret thing and they're going to unleash him in the playoffs. But do you think we see any Justin Ross in the playoffs? Uh, that's going to be really hard. I, I really don't know. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what we see out of this next game against the Chargers, which we can talk that, about that more later on in the podcast here. But yeah. uh, that... Dude, that commissioner's exemplist thing was such a pot of crap. Just because, again, I'll say, like, why did he get just an ambiguous six games until he was done? And then he was randomly done versus Von Miller, who did what he did, was chased down by the cops. And to my knowledge, is yet to miss a game. You know, so really, I feel like he was healthy scratch this Sunday, too. Oh, that's convenient. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I feel like that really chopped off his season at the knees so yeah it's just yeah i don't i I, unfortunately i don't think we see him in the playoffs um but again i don't know what's happening in practice i don't know if and knowing andy look we hadn't seen a lot of sky more we hadn't seen a ton of tony and then we see both make huge plays in the in the super bowl so it wouldn't surprise me if they have like a package for ross um particularly when we need it the most uh, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he's just DMP. Just do me a favor. I don't know if you've done this already. Go back and watch Justin Ross's highlights at Clemson. and oh, tell, yeah. Dude, the way he can just go up and catch anything, it's like I almost think he's better than George Pickens in those regards, to be wow. honest. I, th- I think Pickens is good at doing some sort of you know like crazy circus catch sort of thing, but Justin Ross's range just seems to be everywhere around him. It's like in Madden 
when you throw the ball and it's nowhere near the receiver and suddenly it like teleports to their hands, you know, like two feet to the left. That's what Justin <laughs> Ross plays like. She's a glitch. Yeah, Reese. T T Higgins, Rasheed Rice, oh. Justin Ross, and oh. a first round pick. Oh. Super Bowl. That's Dude, it. I would be so happy. That's I'd a Super Bowl so- right there. There's that that's the only thing missing. Reese, another thing that's missing right now is a beer. I gotta open up a beer so that we can talk about the beer review. Um, and after that, then we can talk maybe some Pro Bowl. Then we can uh, finish off the podcast, do a little uh, preview on the on the Chargers game, our uh, the, the touted uh, Blaine Gabbard and uh, Easton Sick. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Let's crack open a beer together. And let's get into it. Bad news. TGI Fridays abruptly closes 36 restaurants. Bunch in Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, a crap ton of New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, some in Texas, few in Virginia. <laughs> All right, let's 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 drink a beer. It's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. That's right. It's this week in craft beer, the segment of the show where we review a delicious craft beer for your listening pleasure. Now, you may or may not have noticed, but my voice is not in good shape today. That's because I have been sick since January 1st. I said, new year, new me, let's get off to a great start, right? And I wake up January 1st and I said, well, it might be seven days before it's new year, new me. So, unfortunately, I can barely taste anything right now, so I'm doing nothing but sipping on a hot toddy tonight. Meanwhile, Hot Take Mondo is going to take up the mantle of beer review with something delicious from his fridge. So, have we done any Christmas ales this year? Or I guess not this year, but anyway, new new season, back to Christmas, baby. Um, today I'm going to be doing, because I don't think we've done any, so here's our first of the season, um, 2024, and of the Fountain City Sports Media season. Here's Christmas Ale from Breckenridge Brewing. Oh, that'll be a good one. It's a classic one. Now, I had a couple left in the fridge from Christmas and got to finish them. So for those of you who don't know, we review beers in this podcast using four categories of appearance, aroma, flavor, and mouthfeel. We grade each category on a scale of one to ten, one being trash, ten being fantastic. So Armando, I see you pouring that beer out. Does it say what style of beer that is? Is it like a winter warmer? Is it just like an IPA with spices or what's going on there? Yeah, it says multi full-bodied winter warmer. Okay, winter warmer, a nice English style ale. Gonna have some. Uh, there we go. Nice multi notes, like you said, a little bit of spiciness in the hops, and uh, hopefully, my favorite. You can't ch 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 change those Chinook, baby. <laughs> that is your favorite. You're 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 a classic guy, dude. I'm a hardcore Chinook. All right, what are we doing? <laughs> Appearance? <laughs> appearance category one. Nice. All right, here we go. Um, appearance on this guy. Wait, I feel like I, I f- as I'm looking at this, I'm like, are we sure we didn't review this? I mean, it, it looks a lot like the Shiner Holiday Ale from last year. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad, dude. That was that, that was because we accidentally left the Shiner Bach out for three months and it had corroded. Oh, the Shinering. That's funny. Okay, well, sorry, I just had like vertigo or flashback. Um, yeah, no, this is this looks great. We got a, a lot of um, dark density, like 
purple, not purplish, but like brownish on the top. Gets a little lighter on the bottom, a little bit translucent. It's not super thick, not a lot going on. It's it's actually a pretty decently translucent, almost looks like an amber ale. I mean, I guess English ale and amber ale go hand in hand. Um, but yeah, it's it's a nice balance of dark, translucent, uh, really great. How about uh, for this style for a winter warmer, uh, 8.6. All right, eight point six. That's good. You know, I, I was thinking as you're looking at that, I wonder, are you, are you thinking of? I know we reviewed uh, Deschutes Jubilee last year. No, I'm thinking year. of something recent. That, I, I thought I had reviewed a dark beer recently, or maybe you did. I don't remember. Man, I'll have to check the archives. Baby brain, <laughs> baby brain. Anyway, uh, next up we have aroma. What does that beer smell like? Are you jealous? Oh, damn, I'm so jealous right now. Mm, all these smells, all these graham crackers. Oh, man, dude, if I didn't sound like Squidward right now, I'd be coming after you. <laughs> uh, no, it smells pretty good. We got a little bit of the graham cracker from that probably lighter malt. We mm-hmm. also have some prune, a little plum. Nice. Um, maybe a little grape, too, I guess. Um but don't get any cinnamon. I don't get any of those of those um, Christmas spices that you might think of. Just a lot of those darker fruits, particularly prune. Not my favorite smell. You know, I don't really... I, I like, you know, I like English ales. I like amber ales. Just not some, one of my go-tos, as we know. But um, for the season, it's good. But the smell, yeah. How about a 7.1? Okay. Okay. A little bit low on the smell category there. That's in a dimpled glass. Ooh, we get some chocolate chip. Now. Yeah, I really get some chocolate chip from that. Maybe a little bit mm-hmm. of chocolate malt going on there. Mm-hmm. My my left nostril is more dominant, so I'm. Oh yeah, dude. Nothing like a submissive right nostril. It's the worst. Don't you say? <laughs> anyway, category three: flavor. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> Well, I kind of want to go on and do like a ASMRs tangent, but I don't think that'd be appropriate. Oh yeah, we're we're so canceled. Uh, <laughs> flavor. <laughs> uh, oh, so dumb. All right, it was flavor. Yeah, it's nice. You get you get that chocolate chippy that that plum that plum taste. You lose you lose the graham cracker. You lose the bread the breadiness that I smelled. Okay. But yeah, like the same thing. Very dark fruit forward, plummy, chocolate chippy. Still no cinnamon or winter. I guess kind of on the back end I get a little winter spice. Mm-hmm. But um, I wish I would have had a little more. I think that would have balanced out the flavors. Um, to be fair, I've had this beer for maybe a couple months in the fridge. But with a winter warmer, it should last. Um, so anyways, I wish it was a little more balanced, but still good flavor. How about a 7.5? 7.5. All right. Uh, I Googled this while you were drinking, and this beer is headlined by my boys, Benny and Chinook, as well as oh. Mr. Hood Hops. I, oh, sorry, Mount Hood Hops, uh, that contribute a spiciness lending balance and a clean finish. Interesting. Never heard of Mount Hood Hops. I wouldn't say this is the cleanest finish, but... Interesting. I wonder what it would taste like without that. I don't know. I'm starting to get some cherry now, too. Cherry? Okay, right on. Beer Advocate gives this an 81. So, you know, that's a respectable hmm. respectable review. Uh, yeah. I, I, I bet if I had this at Breck on tap, it would be a, a more crispy experience. Oh, yeah. Be, fu- be fire. Uh, so, Armando, category number four, mouthfeel. Tell me a bit about the mouthfeel in that beer. 
Mouthfeel, mouthfeel is heavy dominant. There's not a lot of crisp in it, um, not a lot of lightness in it, but it's also not super heavy. Like we're not talking double hazy. We're not talking stout. Um, we're not talking anything super, you know, old English ale. It's kind of in it's kind of in the middle, but more um, more more on the full bodied part. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Look, it's it's fine for the category, but nothing really stands out for it. How about a how about an eight five? Eight five on mouthfeel. All right, rock and roll. Now, one last thing, Armando. Uh, do you know why winter warmers are called winter warmers? Hmm. Um. Because back in Russia, it it gets really cold, and you got to drink winter warmers, so then you can stay fresh. I mean, if you would have replaced the word Russia with England, you're 100 percent right. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, ABV on that guy is 7.5. You'll commonly see seven and above yes. on these winter warmers. I think. Uh, who else has one? Uh, I mean, Boulevard obviously has Nutcracker, but there's another really famous one I'm not thinking of. Mm. Uh, oh, I miss Nutcracker. Nutcracker solid. Nutcracker is very solid. Anyway, uh, so this leads. Did you know that um, Boulevard just came out with a with a UM, UMKC beer? They really? It's called Rubru. I mean, Rubru. I still. I will take this to my grave. I am still mad that there is a roastery cafe in the library at UMKC, and it was not called the Roostery. I'm so <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> I remember we've had this conversation before. <laughs> oh, the biggest missed opportunity of all time. Anyway, uh, okay. So out of out of all the conundrums in the world, the one coffee shop in the library <laughs> in Kansas City that maybe a hundred people at one time know about. What are my student fees going towards? Come on, where's your marketing department? Uh, okay, stock drinkability quotient, Armando. How does this beer make you feel? It, I haven't had a lot of winter warmers or a lot of Christmas forward beers, Christmas forward holiday beers um, uh, recently. So it's it's nice. It's nice to get back into it. It's still it's cold as hell over here. So I'll be I'll be drinking these for a couple months. Um, love the can art. It's very classic. Oh, yeah. It's a nice classic. Point. You got, you know, you got the beautiful Breckenridge Mountains. You got the the nice Christmas font with the wreath, the the classic red, the classic green. I love Breckenridge Brewery. It's great. It's one of those national distro beers that always has solid beers. Um, just unfortunately not my most favorite style of beer. So that's why it might be a little lower, and that's why my my numbers have been down. But again, if you're a, if you're an old English guy, if you're a um, if you're an amber ale guy, you probably love this one. So how about Stonk's Drinkability Quotient? An 8.6 to, to kick off our winter warmer, first winter warmer of the season. There you go. You might hear Bo uh, barking in the background. He heard a noise outside, so now he's going to go bark at it. Uh, nice. Yeah. So with those winter warmers, I'm kind of with you. It's, it's kind of a bummer because there really aren't a whole bunch of like Christmas style beers when you think about it. It's like you got winter warmers. Yeah, very few. You got some people. There's isolation ale with Odell. Which even that might be a winter warmer, technically. Yep. Uh, mm. What else is there? Like some people call scotch ales like. Jubilation ale. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, sorry. You're doing, you're saying styles, not specific beers. Oh, yeah. C- Christmas style beers. Like, you know. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I was doing specifics. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a bummer. It's like, I wish there was like some more Christmassy things. But, like, what, what do you do to make like a cranberry 
you know, spritzer lager or something like that. And it tastes <laughs> terrible, you know, it's not easy. That's true. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it is a style that's hard to make and also is very much so like, you know, the pumpkin spice latte where I'm not going to actually, I would drink a pumpkin spice latte 365 days of the year, but most people wouldn't. So again, not a very economical style for a brewery. That's fair. Um, but it's too bad. They, they should have them out there. Swellworks have one. I think they have one, but again, by far not their most popular. I mean, when I when I work there, the um, the Christmas ales or anything that was like English style beer or amber were our least selling beers by far. Yeah, they're just. I mean, ambers are so unpopular that flat tire straight or fat tire straight up changes the style, guys. So. <laughs> You know, no, it was the same. Wait, wasn't it the same recipe? They just like changed the logo just to trip people. No, up? It, it's a completely different beer now. It's a golden oh, ale. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, albeit it's, it's a pretty refreshing it, golden ale, but you know. Yeah. Anyway, this has been This Week in Craft Beer. Stay tuned as Armando and I preview this week's Week 18 nihilistic game against the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hot one. You're not going to want to miss it. beer review uh did a christmas ale from breckenridge brewing it's warmed me up and getting ready for uh getting ready for our next matchup but but before we talk about the last matchup of the season against the los angeles chargers reese the pro bowl roster came out and we got some people on that roster so why don't we why don't we celebrate and maybe even talk about it um so the 2024 Pro Bowl roster that's featuring the Chiefs is going to have, of course, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and also a couple offensive linemen, Joe Tooney, and Reese's friend, personal friend, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, dude. Creed and I go way back, as in... I got and tall. Yeah, dude. We're, 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 both, you know, we're both two big boys. You know, it's kind of kind of real. He's he's about two hundred pounds more than you, but you guys oh, yeah. basically are the same size. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so you know, I could be lining up at right guard ne- or left guard next year if Joe Tooney's too expensive. Just be ready. Wanya Wanya Morris is like, please, Reese, take take my job. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, is there anybody on this uh, Pro Bowl list that, that that we've missed? Is there is is there a possibly a snub here? Uh, I think there's a few snubs. Uh, the the one. The one obvious snub, well, two obvious snubs, is Legereus Sneed is, Sham. I mean, statistically the best cornerback in the NFL this year. In the NFL, not even the AFC, but the NFL. Yet to allow a touchdown, has locked down number one wide receivers across the board, including two, but not limited to, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, and others. Uh, there's also Harrison Butker, who I say got robbed from the kicking position. Uh, you know, he's missed one field goal, right? Two. Uh, okay. Missed one Still. against the Pats because they didn't inflate the balls properly, and the Pats kicker missed the ball too. Uh, and then one last week. Uh, I get. Has, has oh, anyone God. has anyone ever surpassed Justin Tucker? Uh, I mean, multiple kickers have this year. If we're gonna be honest, T- Tucker's missed five kicks, including some gimmies. But I mean, I mean, Pro Bowl wise, has oh. anyone ever like has Tucker ever not been a Pro Bowl? No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure not. You know, probably for like the last ten or so years. Uh, have you any other Pro Bowl? 
There you go. That's my... <laughs> Wait, what was that? Yeah, that's... Oh, that was Justin Tucker singing. Yeah, because that's the piece he sings in that video. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, I understand the Pro Bowl is still like a popularity contest. I'm not going to pretend it's not. I mean, because when you think about it, I hate to say it, but like, what, what is it? The only all-star game that still really means anything is probably the MLB all-star game. Which is kind of ironic because like MLB is the sport that's meaning the least amount of things nowadays. But uh, anyway, no, I, I would argue Harrison Butker probably got jobbed. But even if you think there's a better kicker than Butker this year, which is fair, I think we can all agree that like Justin Tucker being the Pro Bowl kicker is the wrong choice. Just because, especially by his standards and empirically, Justin Tucker is not having a Pro Bowl year. So... Yeah, I would say Legereus Sneed, Justin Tucker are my, or sorry, Legereus Sneed and Harrison Butker are my two big snubs from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest sham is Legereus Sneed. I know Harrison Butker was amazing this year, but Legereus Sneed was like clearly and unequivocally the best corner in the NFL per PFF, per any NFL stat. Um, so it was it was a sham, man. And again, it, another popularity contest. Um, who do we who do we have here? Actually, yeah, we got Jalen Ramsey, who hadn't played the whole season. We have Sauce Gardner, who also wasn't playing well towards the end of the season. Um, two guys that legitimately Legereus need could have been over. Um, so it's 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 a shame. It's a shame that Legereus he's playing well. Um, hopefully that means that we can sign him for cheaper though. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know how much agents like actually can lobby Pro Bowls into conversation talks like that versus All Pros, which actually do have weight. So if he gets All Pro, that'll be difficult. But you know, uh, if he gets no Pro Bowl this year, we'll see if that affects his conversations with his agents. Starting AFC Pro Bowl quarterback is Tua Tungavailoa. Did you see that video I sent of uh, of Tua? Um, of Tua with like the the GoPro on and it oh, shows yeah. him, dude. He's so short you can't see crap. Oh no, it's it's bad, dude. It's like back when you played it was an NFL two K five, like the last one had the helmet vision and it was just like so yeah. terrifying. Dude, it's even yeah, more terrifying from Tua's GoPro because like you said, it's like he can't see anyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely more appreciation for him, but also appreciation for Mike Daniel, where Mike McDaniel, where it's like. Like they have that offense down to a T where like Tua does, doesn't have to know if Tyreek is in a certain spot or doesn't have to know that Jalen Waddle is there. Like they will be there. Yep. And that's, you know, coming from a Patrick Mahomes offense where like Patrick has to see where they are. Patrick has to roll out. He has to know where things are. Um, pretty amazing stuff. Actually, I was I was very impressed, but also like, how does he play quarterback? Dude, it makes you wonder even more for guys like Kyler Murray or Bryce Young. Yeah, it's Kyler like Kyler and Bryce. Like, no wonder Bryce sucks. Like, he can't see crap. I mean, I didn't say that before the draft, but I 100% said that before the draft. I think both you and I were not. We didn't have Bryce as number one. Nah, dude. But I also said Will Levis was the one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is Will, didn't I mean, Will hey, Levis, like, the, die? He had a couple of good games. <laughs> no. <laughs> he won yeah. his first game. He had, like, three touchdowns. <laughs> Wait, isn't he dead? Every every no like, <laughs> whatever. It's Go not ahead. important. 
All right, Reese. Let's let's do our uh, let's do our Chiefs Chargers preview to end the podcast. Um, no Patrick Mahomes. We're gonna have uh, Blaine Gabbert, and I don't know who else is uh, um, a DNP healthy scratch. I think Kelsey apparently is gonna play. It's it's to see how much he can play. He's almost at the thousand yard mark. I think he needs twenty three yards or twenty five yards to complete the thousand yard mark. So we'll see how long we have him out there. But Reese, are we gonna gain anything from this game going to the playoffs? Well, so I want to ask you a few questions speaking of Kelsey, and they're all pertain to the same thing, and I'll be interested to get your opinion. So like you mentioned, I think Kelsey, I think it's 16 yards is the final oh, that he needs. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's one good reception, two short receptions. Yeah. Question one, do you think Kelsey will get to 1,000 yards on the year? Yeah, if it's if it's 16, he's going to play. I'm sure Andy's going to do his absolute best to feed him the ball and find some good plays just to get him to 1,000. Okay, sub question on that. Will Travis Kelsey retire after this season? Retire? Retire. No. You don't think? No, there's always, like, if someone's going to retire, there's always rumors before that happens. I mean, look, again, I, I, I understand the age argument, but I don't think it carries that much weight this year. I really think it's scheme. I really think he's he is being triple teamed. Um, I think there's still gas in the tank. I think he's there for at least another year now. Have you been hearing any retirement rumors? Well, I know, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, like, well, he's getting older. He's slowing down. It's obvious he looks hurt. And I think I think earlier in the year, there was some quote from like New Heights where he said some lines of like, I think about retirement more and more than any of you guys think about, you know, and how much of that was showmanship versus the truth. You know, only he really knows. But uh I, I would be surprised if he retires after this year. I think he's got one more year left in his contract, and I think Jason is set to retire this year. And I don't think he would want to take the thunder away from his brother retiring. Slash, they're both going to the Hall of Fame, so I don't think he would be in the same Hall of Fame class as his brother. So I don't think he's going to retire. All right, so question number two. Rasheed Rice is now at, what is it, 900 and like... 30 yards or something like that. And he's about 60 odd yards away from a thousand yards for his rookie season. Do you think Rashi Rice will get to 1000 yards this year? Rashi Rice is, is uh, as of today, questionable. If he does play, um, Pacheco is questionable. Kadarius, obviously questionable. Um, Kelsey questionable, probably won't play or sorry. Kelsey will play, but maybe limited. I, I don't know if Andy is then going to just spam Rasheed Rice in a game that doesn't matter. Um, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Rasheed Rice does not get to 1,000 yards. I'm hoping he doesn't because if he goes down, like our entire season goes absolutely up in smoke yeah, at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes no sense for, yeah, we should re- absolutely shut Rasheed down. I'm sorry you didn't get to 1,000 yards. But again, like you said, you're he's the only hope that we survive a playoff game. Yeah, exactly. So then I, my third question to you, with only three yards less than Rashi Rice for rushing yards, will Isaiah Pacheco get to 1,000 yards this season? Again, he's questionable. Um, how many yards is he off, you said? He's uh, he's at 935. Rashi Rice is at 938. Mm. Oh, yeah, it sucks that there's one more... There's one more game and they're all very, very close. Um, I wouldn't I, play him. Yeah, I wouldn't play him. And if I do play him, very conservative. Um, 
Yeah, again, if, if Blaine Gavard's playing, I don't think they take it seriously. I think these guys, you know, need to rest. Because, yeah, any freak injury, like, people are going to call for Andy to be fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know that that's, like, way too hot takey and I, it would never happen. But people wouldn't let it cross. I mean, it would, it would cross everyone's mind if... You know, God forbid Isaiah gets injured or or uh, Kelsey or anybody gets injured on this game. I think uh, of those three, I think Kelsey almost being at a thousand yards is kind of a testament to just how all time dominant he is due to the fact that I think he's still leading all tight ends this year in receiving yards. Yeah, despite having what's considered a down year on his account. And, you know, that just goes to show that he might not be as impactful as some of those tight ends on their specific teams. But the fact that he's quietly leading all tight ends for an eighth straight year in yards is insane. Yeah, I also don't. um, I'll have to go back next year and look at this year and see if we were looking at this year from championship goggles. Because like you do have Pat, that's already a passing leader. You got Isaiah Pacheco, that's almost hitting a thousand yards. You got Rashid Rice, almost hitting a thousand yards. You got you know Travis Kelsey leading all tight ends. So I you know I I wonder how much our championship goggles are on as we evaluate this team this year. I know it's a bad offense, but but are we watching a Philadelphia Eagles offense the same way? Are we watching a Buffalo Bills offense the same way? And these are all contenders, if not, you know, Super Bowl contenders. So it, it, it would be interesting to, you know, next year, if we go back and look at this year and if we were as bad as we say we are. Well, I think the reason it's so amplified this year is that we're having like a near lead, lead, lead leading amount of turnovers that's crippling us as well right. as having a historic amount of drops. It's like you you choose either A or B. This team probably looks, feels, and has a record that's completely different, but you put both of those things on there, two things at once, if I may, and suddenly you have what this Chiefs offense is this year, which is dysfunctional, disjointed, and disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I you know, absolutely all those three things. I just wonder... If, if we still think that they're all time bad next year, um, based on, you know, all the, all the, all the statistics or if MVS MVS is like truly just this like sore, you know, this sore thumb in our, you know, in our spleen. <laughs> I love that analogy. I love it. I just couldn't think of the real one. Anything else you're looking forward to seeing in this week 18 matchup? Not really. And I'm hot take Bondo. I might turn this off after the second half. <laughs> Cool. I mean, after the second half, yeah, the game will be over. I mean, it's sorry, after, the, on the, other after the first half, I might just, uh, I might just play video games, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where this, where this game goes. It'll be hard. Lock into the three seed. You know, we, we, we got to get that two K, two K. Uh, you know, my players get, get going. That's true. I mean, if, if we don't watch the second half, we can, we can increase our players from seventy rating to eighty rating, which is, which is important. You know, did, did I mention I'm actually sitting on like 100K of VC like Scrooge McDuck right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait. We actually, to, to end the podcast, we should we should give the audience, if they're still listening, we'll give you an update on kind of what happened. So recent fact did get the wrong game and not his fault, but 
I just didn't tell Reese that there was a difference between next gen and and um, and current gen. There's two different 2K games. So as Reese is telling me all these quests that he's gone on, in no way that I had ever gone on quests, or the map is also completely different. So as as Reese is describing the map and him hanging out with Jake from State Farm, I knew he got the wrong game. Um, so I ended up buying the game that he got. Um, just cause it was cheap and and so now now there's three of us uh, now we got three guys in the in the game and it's a lot of fun yeah dude it's it's a good experience i'm pretty happy with it you know it's a oh, good there's a lot of the, the game's pretty in-depth especially in the new generation systems doing things that i've always wanted out of video games like did you know so i, I assume you've gone to like your between career games you've done like the the drills at like a team practice facility mm-hmm, yeah yeah did you know this game is so realistic? If you just do one lap around the entire gym of running, they give you five VC. What? <laughs> it's like you ran a lap, five VC. And I'm like, yeah, yeah keep going. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they have this, it is very, the gym of the like, strength training. Yeah, this gym, this is the strength training gym. And then you have like the arc of shooting gym. Um, yeah. It, it's a very slow game, but very re- rewarding, like you said. Like it, the game is absolutely slowed down. But if you really grind and you take the time, it's, it does feel rewarding going from 60 to 70 to, you know, somehow getting it. It seems impossible to get to 91 at this point, but you get there and it's fun. Yeah. Gameplay is also way smoother than I feel like it's ever been. That's because you haven't played for 10 years. <laughs> That's also very true. <laughs> no, actually, this this game is good. And, and the speed is like perfect where uh, everyone was complaining about when it came out. This The game speed was so slow and they do adjust it every month. Like they do go back and tink it. T- 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 what I want to say, tinker with it. So tinker with it, tweak it, yeah. Twink, twinker with it. The twinker bell. Well, all right, Reese. I think I think I think we've talked we've talked enough about football and of course about two K. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, happy New Year. Uh, we hope that you meet all your resolutions. I hope one of your resolutions is that you subscribe to Found City Sports Media on Instagram. You give us money on Patreon as we all look forward to the to the playoffs and we all cheer the Chiefs on together. So stay tuned for some more content. We'll talk about the Chargers and if that game sucked, then we'll just talk about some playoff preview because we'll know what the wild card game looks like by the end of that game and we're going to get right into it a lot of great content coming out for fancy sports media coming up soon so stay tuned and as always go chiefs we'd like to thank you for joining us today on fountain city sports media this podcast is brought to you by listener support so consider becoming a friend of the podcast check out our patreon page at patreon.com backslash fcsm to gain access to premium content including outtakes bonus episodes and exclusive beer reviews Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.